There's 46,000 plus people experiencing homelessness in LA. We want to be able to provide jobs to that community and really be a part of ending homelessness in this, in this city. This is episode 10 with Britt Gilmore from The Giving Keys. Before I introduce her, a word about our new VIP club. Now, to be honest, I don't like the word VIP at all. I honestly think you're all incredibly important. I mean that. So if you have a better suggestion for a title, let me know. For now, we will call it the Let's Give a Damn VIP Club. You can find out more about this club by visiting our very simple but soon to be expanding website at letsgiveadam.com. Those that choose to support us by joining the club are enabling us to do what we do better and with more frequency. We have so many stories to tell. I literally have a backlog of 50 or more guests right now that I would love to share on the podcast, but I can't yet because I need to figure out how to pay for this, the production, time, energy, and all the other expenses that go into producing a podcast. So check it out. And if you're so inclined to join and support us in that way, we'd be grateful. Okay, back to Britt Gilmore. I met Britt at the Giving Keys office in downtown LA for our chat. I absolutely loved chatting with her. Seriously, I could have talked with her for hours. Britt is the president of the Giving Keys. She was recently named by Forbes as one of the most influential social entrepreneurs under 30 years of age. That's a huge honor. We talked about her life and upbringing and the circumstances that led her to switch her focus in life from fashion without a cause to fashion with a great cause. If you don't already know much about the Giving Keys, I'll let her talk more about it and what it is and what they do. You're going to want to get involved, I guarantee it. So hold on to your hats, friends. This is a good one. Enjoy. Welcome, Britt Gilmore, to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. We're in the Giving Keys office in the Arts District downtown LA. Mm -hmm. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. This is a pretty cool area. Yeah, it's a fun neighborhood. We're we're stoked to be here. How long have you guys been in this office? Or has this always been the location? We moved here in uh, 2015, Valentine's weekend. So not, not too, too long, but... Can I tell the Let's Give It In family if they're ever in town, they can stop by and say hello? Yeah. Okay. We love having Great. people swing by the HQ. Fantastic. So you heard it. You heard it from me. Stop by. Yes. If you're ever in town. Um, okay. So let's, let's, let's start at the very beginning. I would love to hear your story because I'm always interested to hear what kinds of situations, family arrangements make up the people that I talk to because totally. I think they really speak into, you know, I just had three conversations this last weekend about my large family of 12 kids. Oh my I'm gosh. one of 12. <laughs> 12 and, kids. And w- what that, and us living overseas growing up, like that made me into who I am today in very specific ways. So I'm just yeah. always interested in that. So tell me about your family, your upbringing. Uh, help us understand what kinds of things shaped you into who you are sure. today. Uh, well, I grew up in the Midwest. Love the Midwest. I'm from Detroit area originally. And my dad was actually a pastor. Okay. So I grew up a pastor's kid my whole life. And is that a good or a bad thing? For me, it was a good thing. Okay. I know other people have horror stories. I'm a pastor missionary <laughs> kid, so yeah. I've got some horror stories, but mostly good. Yeah, I I really appreciated most of it. You know, we spent a lot of time at church, but it was it was a great way to grow up. Um, I think my parents handled it the best that they possibly could, and 
all the kids, all the, the more kids got a lot out of it. But I, um, how many is that more kids? Just three of us, three I have of two us. brothers. Okay. I'm in the middle and I would say that's like a big reason why I'm even doing what I'm doing. My parents would bring people into the house. Like I honestly can't really imagine what our life would have been like not having people living with us. There was like always someone in the basement. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, which, you know, has its like pros and cons, sure. but my family was definitely very focused on the community and focused on the needs of other people. So you can't help but kind of pick that up by osmosis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's incredible. Did, did you always feel like that was a good thing or did you maybe have some periods where you're like, come on, I need, we don't, you know, I need, we need our space. We don't want that many people around or, or was it always like, no, this is really cool. Uh, it was both. Both. Yeah. I think, I think that can be like a really hard thing for people in ministry. They feel this huge, um, responsibility to care for others, which I think is one of the beautiful things about people yeah. in that community. But it's also can come at the expense of other relationships or even like family dynamics. And so we've, I remember having like conversations with my family about how hard it was sometimes and we'd have to recalibrate and, and try and find a healthier way to still like serve people, but take care of your other priorities too. Yeah. Are your parents still like that today? They still kind of embody that or? Yeah. I mean, so they're not together anymore, but, um, my mom is doing urban farming projects in Detroit and is very involved in what's kind of going on with the revitalization of that yeah. city, um, which I love. And then my dad was on staff at a church in the inner city doing like spiritual formation for um, the leadership team there. So he's yeah. still engaged and yeah. That's really awesome. That's really yeah. awesome. Thanks for sharing that. We're going to get into specific ways that you have given a damn, specifically the giving keys. But before that, um, one of the things I like to focus on is, is and ask people is, you, you embodying this type of living, this where you started really caring about people, loving people, was, it, was there like a specific situation that happened? Or was it, and I may, might have an inkling based on your story, but was it, a, was it a specific like light bulb moment where you were like, gosh, I can never go back now? Or was it kind of this progressive thing? Yeah, I would say like in light of everything I just shared about kind of growing up in, in the family that I did, it was always baked in. Like that was just a part of the way sure. that we did life. But I did go to India when I was 17. Mm. And I think uh, for anybody that's listening that hasn't had the chance to travel um, to like a non-Western country, save your money and go do it. Go. Because I think it's the best kind of perspective that we can get in life is just immersing ourselves in something that's like totally different than what we yep. understand. So I went to India when I was 17 and for the first time was seeing firsthand, uh, what that level of poverty looked like. Um, and it just, yeah, I came back and was like, mom, we have you can't to go back. No, you can't return from that. No. I was like, mom, we have to start something. So I started like, you know, every like kid in, in, uh, sort of like the invisible children heyday would throw a benefit concert. So that's what I started doing when I came back was just like throwing benefit concerts and raising money. And we started a nonprofit and we're trying to go back and help rescue kids. So have you been back? Uh, I haven't been back, but I was working with people that were living there and traveling there and working with, with kids that gotcha. were getting trafficked. So that was kind of the first 
moment where I just came like the proximity, like face to face with some of the, the world's like toughest issues. Yeah. So yeah. that was a critical moment for sure. I've traveled the world. Thank you. know, it's been a really cool thing. And I spent mm. several weeks in India, um, as well in Hyderabad and, um, beautiful people, but yeah, it's very eye opening. I spent, I spent uh, six weeks in Zambia, Africa. When I was 13, I went on my first trip by myself to Peru to this, this like coastal orphanage town. And yeah, you never, you can never go back from that. Right. No. And I just wish that I could take everybody from the U S and make sure that they go on one of these trips that they might not, that might not be a huge part of what they do in the future, Sure. but you can't go back from that. It changes how At you think the about very your neighbor. Least, like put on a VR headset and watch something. Yeah, go to the charity water office yes. in New York City, <laughs> totally. put on the VR headset and spend seven minutes in their shoes walking yeah. around because yeah, I, I was there at the office a few months ago and I watched that for the first time there. Yeah. Uh, and I was weeping. Like I took off, the, I took off the headset. I'm like bawling and I've yeah. been to all these places. Like I know what it is and still it was just so impactful. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that. So, so it was kind of a, uh, so you're saying it was both. It was this India trip. Plus it was how your parents raised you guys and the, the things that you saw. Yeah. That's really cool. Let's talk about one specific, uh, give a damn moment, uh, yeah. the giving keys. Yes. Tell me, how did you get involved? Yeah. How did that happen? So, uh, Caitlin Crosby, our founder, um, she and I met through my roommate. They had been friends for like 10 years. So we met at his birthday party pro like five, six years ago now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of the way that Caitlin describes the story is that I was really her only friend that was in the fashion industry, and Giving Keys was really gaining a lot of momentum um, at that point. So we just connected and grabbed dinner one night, and she was filling me in on everything that's happening with the Giving Keys, and I told her, I, I had known since I was 18, like the end of my senior year of high school, I knew that I wanted to be in fashion, but I wanted to merge it with something philanthropic. And that was kind of the end game for me. So I just committed myself to doing everything I could to learn about the fashion industry and kind of build out my toolkit in that space. So then when her and I met, I was like, yes, finally, there's something that's like really sure. good that I can yeah. kind of volunteer my time towards. And so we had that conversation. And then a few months later, um, her production manager had put in there two weeks notice. She sent out a group text and was like, I need somebody right now. And at the time I was working as a buyer for women's apparel and accessories for a flash sale website. Okay. And that company actually laid off like 35 of 50 people the same day that oh Caitlin word. texted me about that, that job. And it was just serendipitous. Yeah. Perfect timing. So the next week I started the giving keys and it's just been this amazing ride. Ever so you since. came on as a production manager. I came on as production manager okay. and then a month later became web manager <laughs> and then three months later became managing director. And then finally president is where I've landed. So, um, yeah, the startup world is, is just so yes. fun. Your job changes like every single day. Yeah. You don't, why hold on to that title? Because you're not going to keep it for more than three no, months. <laughs> totally. I've, I've, I've been in this world for quite some time and I know that yes. sometimes I just don't even, I don't even try to yeah. give a title. I'm just like, I do. I hear the things that I generally do. Don't worry about the title. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So what does president at giving keys do? So president at the giving keys, um, I, I lead the leadership team. So we meet weekly to talk about kind of 
the, the main key, like the key objectives for the business? What are the, the five things that we're trying to accomplish this year and how are we on a weekly basis progressing towards those things? Um, and so then we sit down and strategize together and set goals together. And um, that's really, it looks like overseeing the wholesale channel, the givingkeys.com channel, uh, the marketing team, HR, finance, yeah. just kind of all those key elements that keep the business running. So. so we won't tell Caitlin this, but you're in charge, aren't you? Like you're, you're, you're running <laughs> I, this thing. I, I am with the team and, uh, yeah, get the honor of really driving the vision forward. So, so tell me everything about the giving keys. I mean, I think a lot of people probably know, but tell me about the necklaces, the, the jewelry, go beyond that. And just what's the heart of it's it's more than it's more than necklaces, totally. right? Yeah. What's what, Way more. what's the mission, the vision? What's going on here? So like simply put, the giving keys exists to employ people that are transitioning out of homelessness and we're doing that in downtown Los Angeles. And then the product line that we make is uh, this jewelry line. Sorry, what, what percentage sorry to interrupt. What percentage does that make up? So the, the transitioning out of homelessness. Like yeah. what, what what percentage of the employees? Of the team. Yeah. So that team is about thirty people of seventy five. That's amazing. So the, it's, that's awesome. it's our production team. But the cool thing that's been happening in the last six months is that we've been able to promote people from production associate positions into production coordinator oh, positions no and also customer service positions. So that's, that's like incredible. one of the big dreams for us is to keep promoting people from from within, within or be able to help them move out into a career that's really allowing them to live into their true purpose. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But we make this cool line of jewelry that has inspirational words hand stamped into it. And the whole point of the key is that you're supposed to wear it. It'll come as a necklace or a bracelet. Um, but you wear that word and embrace it for yourself until you meet somebody else that needs that message more than you. And at that point, you're supposed to take it off and give it away to them. So it's this whole pay it forward movement using what you have to give to others. And the stories that we get of people giving keys away, it's just... Mind blowing! You guys should go on our, our website and, and read the blog. Yes, I will make Bring sure to tissues. put all the yeah all the links in for sure yeah. so that they can read some of the stories. I've seen a lot of and it actually works. Like for people that think, do people actually pass it on? Yeah, it works. I see people all the time that are on their third or fourth, you know, <laughs> totally. their third or fourth necklace, whether they've bought them and given them away or they have a th a fourth generation necklace that they're wearing. I just yeah. saw somebody the other day and it was like, oh, somebody gave this to me. Uh, a year ago and I'm the third person to have it and I'm looking for somebody else to give it away to. And yeah. the guy that's, the, my friend that I'm staying with here in LA, uh, Brent, he he had one on his countertop this morning before I left. And I was like, oh, there's a giving key. I'm going to interview Brent. And he's like, yeah, I got one for my uh, girlfriend last year and she got one for me just now. Amazing. And so anyway, they're everywhere. I see them all over the place. I love it. What, uh, I've seen some celebrities wear them. Who, who, who's done that? Yeah, so we... Last year, we had a really fun moment when Taylor Swift uh, was seen. We, had, we came out with like a copper version. Um, so she was wearing that one. And she actually received it on International Pay It Forward Day last oh, no April, way. which a lot of people do, don't know is a thing. Um, she got it from one of the buyers that we work with in, at Fred Siegel. Nice. So that happened. And then Nina Dobrev has been an awesome supporter as well. Um, man, the list has like grown, it's growing. but I mean, Justin Bieber has worn them, Selena Gomez, um, all kinds of people. Yeah. That's, that's really incredible. And so what's the dream? What's the, like, 
does, do, you, do you stay at this pace or are there other things that you guys want to build out into? Like what's yeah. the main? Yeah, I mean, I think the, one of the core motivators for us is just to create as many jobs as possible. So there's 46,000 plus people experiencing homelessness in LA. We want to be able to provide jobs to that community and really be a part of ending homelessness in this, yes. in this city. So housing first is a huge part of that, but also uh, jobs. So I would say just kind of like in a broad stroke, that's, that's one of the main goals for us is just to yeah, create as many jobs as we possibly can. But we're interested in doing other products and kind of carrying this pay it forward message into new product categories. And um, we actually launched some candles last holiday. Oh, no way. So, and, and I think some people know that and some people don't, but we're, we're excited to just kind of use scent as a way to create like an atmosphere of the word that you're trying to embrace. So love, hope, strength. We picked scent profiles that are uh, what we think kind of indicative of the word on the actual candle itself. So... I think it's fun to just dream up yeah. other ways that we can, you know, create products that have meaning. And then um, we're also talking a lot about our own retail and oh, nice. opening our own stores. Like actual brick and, and mortar. Yeah, and creating our own kind of branded spaces. So that's, that's incredible. It's still in seed form right now, but we're really actively talking about what that looks like. Well, the candles is going to be a win. I'll have to get my wife some. Yeah. We're, we're big, we're big they scent candle people. They honestly smell so good. I'm like so impressed with our product team that they... You guys came up with the... You guys created the scents? Yeah. That's cool. Because yeah, a lot of the scents out there... I Like I love candles. Some of the scents are terrible. Yeah. They're just bad. <laughs> totally. uh, like green apple or something. And it's like, why would you... No, Nobody you wants want to smell that. You don't want that. That's awesome. I feel like you would love the peace candle. Okay. It smells like the woods. Ooh, okay. Yes. Okay. It's, I'm going to get some. It's I'm going to get some. Lovely. So you were recently, uh, we might talk about giving keys a little more, but I, yeah. I want to focus a little bit on you for a while. You were recently placed on the Forbes 30 under 30 yeah. list for social entrepreneurs. What the heck? That's really cool. That was fun. Like that's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, well, it's interesting. They don't tell you that you made it until the list goes public. Oh, really? So the morning there's that no, they- There's no, more, there's no warning. Uh, you know that you've been nominated sure. by somebody and you know that you're in the running cause they will reach out to you just to do like a fact check and make sure that they've got all of your like basic info, but you don't know that you made it until they announce it. So it was like, it was a really, I came back from New Year's Eve weekend. They announced, I think it was January 3rd was that, that first day back in the office and you get an email from the editor of Forbes saying congratulations. And then literally like 30 minutes later, people are posting it on Facebook. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like That's totally insane. overwhelmed um, in, in the best way. But it was a, it was a cool, it was a really cool moment. Well, who are some of the other people on that list? Do you know? Um, yeah. They, well, they have 20 different categories, sure, I believe. Right. So I was in the social enterprise category and... Um, there's another guy from LA named Eden and we're, we're going to try to meet up soon, but I, I can't remember the name of his thing, but he was like in the tech space. I'm pretty sure. So it's like a, there's yeah, a lot. I'm going to have to go check out the list. People. Yeah. You That's should awesome. Read it. That's awesome. In the journey of your life leading up till now where you're leading this amazing organization, these amazing people, and really, I mean, combating this huge kind of daunting issue of homelessness and inspiring people, that's also a daunting <laughs> task, which I'm trying to undertake as well in my own little way. In this ongoing journey of giving a damn, like, can you talk about some of the ups and downs 
Um, have you had any like big struggles? How did you get through them? Because what I always like to do is help people realize that this is a life worth living, but it's not going to be easy. Yeah. Like it's not a piece of cake and it is going to be more comfortable for you to stick with some nine to five and come home and like binge watch the latest show on Netflix totally. and not really give a damn about other people. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Oh, I could talk for a while about that. Say what you need to say. But I think it's the, the thing I'll lead with is it's totally worth all of those struggles. Um, the moment when we hear that somebody who was sleeping behind a dumpster gets into an apartment, mm. like you just forget all of the other stuff that was hard in the meantime. So it, it's totally worth it. I think um, one of the things that Caitlin shares in, in her TED talk is that when you're like pushing into this space, either like social enterprise or nonprofit or doing something that's like impact driven, you have to start from a place of genuinely caring. Mm. Like it's cool to have a social enterprise now sure. and that's a, cause marketing is everyone's like favorite form of yep. selling a product. It seems, but if you can start from a place of genuine care, like you find the thing that you're passionate about and, uh, that just becomes like very clear to you that can sustain you through all kinds of highs and lows. Yeah. Um, it'll fizzle out if you don't. Oh, totally. It's something that's not like birthed right here. Yeah. Then it's, yeah, you're going to really struggle to stay motivated. But yeah, at, at one point I was like working 70 to 90 hours a week and like, that's hard. It gets hard on your body and your mind and your emotions and, you got to figure out how to stay balanced and all of that. And I think especially being, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are in the same kind of like age bracket, um, or at least a good chunk of them. I'm sure. 29. Yeah. So I didn't go yeah, to business school. A lot of them are right school. around our age. Yeah. I didn't go like through a rigorous MBA program or anything like that. I did, uh, I went to FITM, the fashion school in downtown LA, and I did the business focus program. So I, I did get tools through school, but there was a lot that I was learning on sure. the job. And that can be hard because sometimes you're running into, to, you're, you're making mistakes that you look back and think, man, mm. if I just would have known, I would have done that differently. But I think you just have to have grace for yourself in the process and, and work really hard to find good mentors and people that have gone ahead of you that can come around your vision too. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Let's get practical for one moment. Um, most of the Let's Give a Damn family, and I've talked with so many of them, uh, they want to change the world. They want to um, do small things and big things like start the next, you know, the giving keys or the next charity water. And I love all of that. I love the people that, you know, just want to provide a meal or two here or hug their kids tighter at night. Like all of that matters. Uh, based on your experiences in life, can you give some practical steps? So say somebody wants to do it, but they've made no steps. They've made no, they don't have a path forward. They're trying to figure it out. What would you recommend to them? A few just like simple steps, a few simple things they can, as they're listening uh, today at this podcast, which will be somewhere in, in the month of March, what would you recommend that they do Yeah. From, from ground zero, from step one? Ground zero is such a fun place to be. Sky's I, the limit. Yeah. Like it's a total blank canvas. So if that's where you are, congratulations. That's a fun place to be in life. Um, Honestly, this sounds so simple, but I would suggest 
sitting in your bedroom or going to a coffee shop or going out and sitting in a park, wherever you can feel connected to yourself and Mm. peaceful and bring something to write on and just ask yourself the question, what am I created for? And take the time to really like feel that and think through that because there's different moments in life uh, where I think we get spoken to through other people or even just our own sort of like inner dialogue that ultimately I really believe we all know like what we're made for. Mm -hmm. We just have to create the space to get in touch with it. So that would be like step one is just giving yourself enough space to really connect and ask that question. Um, And then don't wait too long to start moving on it. Right. Talk to a friend, talk to somebody that you trust or talk to a mentor and give it legs. Like just start taking it one step at a time. And, and I think giving keys is a great example of that too. It wasn't like there was a huge venture capital, like backing to start this thing. Like Caitlin threw some money into getting some keys and chains and started reinvesting the profits from the sales back into the company. And little by little it's grown. And if you feel overwhelmed by the idea of starting a business and going out and getting funding, like just start with what you have and let it grow organically. And it doesn't have to be like a crazy tech company that just scales overnight. Sure. But yeah, I think you just have to make space to listen to what's going on inside of you. Yeah. I think that you said a key thing there about just having mentors around us, Mm. mentors and coaches. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems like you have some of those. So many. I, I, (laughs) I think it's so important that I think that's probably a huge reason you've been successful and that I've been able to do some of the things that I've done is because I have people around me that, um, I try to surround myself with people that are thoughtfully critical. So not like mean critical, but they will tell you that is a, that is a bad idea. Like don't go down that road. You're not equipped to do that. Or no, this is really great, but here are the people you need to surround yourselves with. I have, we have people that tell it like it is. And I think it fizzles out for a lot of people because they keep it in a journal entry or, they, they make plans and then they put it aside to um, watch their next show yeah. or, and they don't move on it. That was also an important thing that you said is just start. Like none of, we, we, we're so bad or we're so good at actually, we're so good at comparing our blooper reel to everyone's highlight reel, right? Yeah. So look at you and they're like, oh my gosh, Britt Gilmore, like president of the Giving Keys. That's so amazing. I can never do that. And it's like, well, no. She wasn't always president of the Giving Key. She wasn't always involved in this organization. She was um, a buyer for a you know a, a website, and yeah. it just wasn't always this way. And it yeah. took it took steps. It took starting. It took just moving on it, taking. Yeah, risks. I mean, there's days when I was working at I was managing a retail store in LA, and it was like miserable. Like I would show up and unlock the store and have to like organize all the clothes and like separate all the hangers and finger space and all like just things that felt so monotonous to me, but I was still learning through that process. And I think that the frustration can be turned into motivation to take steps towards things that you really want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. You got to exactly. f- figure channel out how to the, channel it. Channel the frustration, the anxiety, like what, what do I really want to be doing? We'll use that yep. to help you shut the social media off, shut the, any, shut anything off the negative voices that you need to, to be able to make steps forward in that. One of the things that totally changed my life when I was like running at top speed with giving keys, uh, was turning my phone off for four hours on Mm. Saturday. It's the best thing I did at that point. And now I'm like, 
don't even have this dependency on my phone anymore just because it's been so much time of, uh, yeah, not having that addiction. But yeah, you just got to make space. You got to turn off the things that are not actually important. Love it. Mm -hmm. As we begin to uh, wrap up, we've got a couple more questions, but I just wanted to take a quick moment to, to honor you. Mm. I think it's really incredible what you're doing. Um, I have a heart, I have a heart for lots of things, but one of them is homelessness because, um, like we've had, my kids have already seen in our, in, in our family, like homeless people sleeping on our couch, uh, eating breakfast with us in the morning. There were several, many mornings when I would leave for work to go work at a coffee shop and, you know, do my stuff. And, uh, there'd be, you know, Joe at the table with my kids and my wife. And I would, you know, say a prayer over them as I left, like keep them safe. But, you know, they were able to like bless this person. And that happened many, many times. And, um, so I love the whole idea of employing people, not just employing the best person for the job because they're probably not Yeah, like it takes time to train them. Uh, you're, you're, you're taking people that might not be the best at what they do and turning them into the best that they can be. Mm. And so I think that's really incredible. So I want to honor you for you, for your work here and then just your life. Like it's not just your life just isn't giving keys. You're not defined by giving keys, but I'm really excited to see what you become and end up doing in the world, you know, because this is just beginning. You're 29. You've got, hopefully you've got 50, 60 more years on the earth. That's a lot of, (laughs) it's a lot of impact, a lot of work. So that's, that's really incredible. Um, it's one of my favorite questions to ask. Uh, it's a hypothetical, obviously, because it's kind of morbid, but I think it's important. And people that I've talked to and interviewed always see this as one of their favorite slash hardest questions to, to ask. Mm. So when you die, which we've already determined will be in 60 years, um, (laughs) I'm going to give your eulogy, Mm. all of your, all the employees, uh, that you've touched at, uh, giving keys will be there, your family, your friends, everybody's there. All the people that cared about you and that you cared about are there listening. What do you want your legacy to be? I think it's so important to think about legacy. It's so important to think about what we want to end up being and just dream for the skies. Um, and then, and then back, work it back to here and say, okay, this is the next step I need to take based on that legacy, you know? So what in three to four sentences or however long it takes, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be known for after you die? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the, the first things that come to mind, I think you could go down the path of the big ideas of ending homelessness and all of those things. But I think really at the end of the, the, the day or at the end of my life, what I would hope people would say is that they felt my care for them and mm. that I'm someone in people's like memory that they remember caring for them. And beyond that, that I was able to unlock people's potential Mm. and help be a catalyst for them finding their purpose and being on the journey of figuring out how to live out their purpose too. So those, those, those would be really important things to me. Um, and that, yeah, that my family was strong and, and felt love for me. It's great. Yeah. That's a great legacy. Sim- it seems simple, but I think that's what we all really want is yeah. to be caring and loving. Because and at the end of the day, it really does come down to, 
like no one that I've ever asked. And I don't think that, and, and I interview people in, like, that have a lot of money and influence, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the people I'm going to interview Rain Wilson this afternoon, like he's done a lot in his life, right? Nobody that I know talks about, I want to have this much money totally. or, <laughs> you know, a house here or this many cars yeah. and they might enjoy those things, but that's not what we want our legacy to be. He had the best car collection. It all, cause everybody realizes, I think deep down inside, I think if they're somewhat aware and like coherent about what actually matters in life, they just want to be loved and to love yeah. people at the end of the day. And that's a much greater legacy. Everybody wants to be remembered like a, like a Martin Luther King, right? Yeah. Or like Rosa, like we want that sort of legacy, not. Yeah, we can live out that expression of love and care for people in a variety of different environments. But I think that's secondary. Yeah. To the heart of what life really is. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make a lot of money so that I can like, like build tools to help people and yeah. give it away and take care of my family. Like I'm not against making money or having a nice car that you want, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. All that stuff goes away. Yeah. And, uh, I want to quickly touch on, you said, talked about ending homelessness. Like I really hope that I think we dream too small sometimes and not mm-hmm. saying, not saying you you're doing that, but I really hope that the giving keys is something that helps that you guys create some sort of a system or a, a way of doing things that other people can model and that it would be a catalyst for ending homelessness. Yeah. So I think in our lifetime, the whole reason I'm starting Let's Give a Damn as a podcast and a company is to help people realize that you've been dreaming too small. Generations past have dreamt too small. Like, yeah. why are there still 650 million people that don't have clean water? Yeah. Like, that's, we have so many resources. And I think, I think what people get afraid of is that it becomes about them or that their dream sure. is grandiose and like ego driven but I think that's actually a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of the dream. It's how you, what, what motivates you towards a dream. Cause you want people to know who you are and like pat you on the back and yep. applaud you. Probably not the right reason to get into the work. No. But if you care, you genuinely care and you really want to solve the problem, you're going to have a great life. Yeah. Very fulfilling. I agree. Yeah. I agree. love that. Where can people find out more about you and about the work you're doing here at The Giving Keys. Yeah. Um, well, you can follow The Giving Keys on Instagram, uh, just at The Giving Keys, and then find us on Facebook as well. And then if you want to read some of the Pay It Forward stories, you can go on thegivingkeys.com and find the stories um, there. And then if you guys want to track with me personally, you can go to Britt Gilmore on Instagram. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And if somebody's starting, if somebody wants to give... They want to invest in what you guys are doing. What would be mm. the, would you recommend a necklace or the candle or what would you, what are you excited about that, that you should, that you want to tell them, go get this? Yeah. Well, I would, we actually have a fun thing coming up this April. We're doing a pay it forward campaign called be the key and we're going to do something special, which I'm not going to say okay. yet, but, uh, if you guys come and shop in April, you'll find something very unique and special just for that month. We're encouraging people to buy a key. Um, and then give one away with some like kind of like a bundle package almost. Oh, cool. So it's like a month where we're really driving forward the, the pay it forward message and want to collect as many stories as possible. So we'd love for you guys to join and we would love for you to wear a key and give a key away and tell us a story of why you gave it away and connect with people in your community. Um, but yeah, the best way to support is to buy keys. There you go. Create some jobs with us. Yes. Well, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was su- this was super fun, and uh, I hope to do it again 
some other time. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Thanks so much for joining Britt and me for our chat today. Be sure to go and follow Britt on social media. If you enjoyed our chat, make sure to let her know. Also, find The Giving Keys online everywhere and follow them. They're doing amazing things and you'll want to keep up with what they're doing. Please, please, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Ask your friends to listen and subscribe also. You can follow Let's Give a Damn on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow me, Nick Lapar, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, and head over to our Let's Give a Damn Facebook page. Click on the sign-up button, and you'll receive weekly emails containing amazing stories just like this one. Well, that's a wrap, friends. Can't wait to spend more time with you soon. I leave you with this one quote by Juno Diaz. What I am trying to cultivate is not blind optimism, but radical hope. So go spread radical hope this week, my friends. Bye for now.